I'm finna put all this in my book bag because I'm from the streets. Yeah, yeah. Boom, what's going on? It's your boy Ambition, and we're back at it with another episode of the MYFB podcast. And today with me, I have a serial entrepreneur. He's gone from the health and fitness space. Uh, and in entrepreneurship, we're all taught that there's three major industries is health, wealth, and relationships. And my man, Bradley, has gone from health into wealth, uh, going all the way from health and fitness to helping businesses with their ads and now helping people start their podcasts. So how are you doing today, Bradley? Doing great. Thanks for having me on. Uh, thanks for being here, man. Um, so let's start at the beginning of your journey. What really inspired you to, you know, eat what you kill? That's the way I describe <laughs> it, right? I like that. Yeah. To kind of be in charge of your own destiny in a way. Um, yeah. yeah, it was for me, like my number one value is freedom. Mm. Like that's kind of like the number one thing that's like my compass in life. Like, does this lead to more freedom? Does it not? And that's kind of how I make, at least start to make decisions. And so I always knew that I didn't want to work like a desk job, uh, like a nine to five. So that's why like the gym appealed to me. I'm like, Oh, I get to work in shorts and I'm at the gym and working out. Like, that's cool. Right. Started out there and it was still a regular like job, but it was very flexible. It was like laid back and I could kind of do a lot of what I wanted there. And I got to work with people a lot, which I like. So after that though, like I'm doing that and I'm like, I got to do something separate. I didn't want to leave the gym. So I'm like, I need something that's flexible to kind of add on to it and just income wise. Cause it was part-time. And I started looking at these things like network marketing, real estate. I got my realtor's license. I jumped into those things, did okay in them, but ultimately realized like these, this isn't like my, where I'm going to end up. Like right. this is just a stepping stone. And so that whole time though, I was like, I want to make more money, but I'm not going to like, again, sacrifice my freedom. I don't want to work like a nine to five punch a clock kind of like traditional job or whatever you want to call it. And so right. I started looking around, I came across those things. I started to develop some extra skills. Like I think for most of my life, I was health fitness. Like I was an athlete growing up, like that's who I was outside right. of that. Didn't really have a a big skill set or interest in other things. And so as I started to develop that, like in my early mid twenties, I started to realize again, I want to work kind of for myself. I want to be in charge of my own destiny. Like my now fiance nurse at the time, like uh, girlfriend at the time, she's a nurse and one of her big complaints. And then I heard it from all other people is like, man, I work so much harder than all these other people and we all get paid the same the people who slack, like we end up picking up their slack. And so like that idea of kind of unfairness is mm. kind of how I interpreted some of that, like drives me nuts. Like I can't stand that. So I'm like, I want to be rewarded for what I do. Like if I do great, I want a great reward. And right. You want it to be sort equivalent. Of yeah. Cause otherwise I'm like, what's the incentive to like go above and beyond and move forward and keep growing and that sort of thing. And so that's what really appealed to me about entrepreneurship. When I I honestly discovered entrepreneurship very late. I didn't even know what the word was until I was probably like 22. And uh, I jumped out on my own and 
like a lot of new entrepreneurs, I had some hard lessons to learn. I thought like the gurus promised me online that I was going to be rolling in the dough, like in a matter of months, right? Like Man. I, I took a Ty Lopez course, which we all know who he is. And, uh, I said, Oh man, I'm going to be making like X amount in like three months and three months past. That's definitely not happening and continues for a long time. Like I would say I got my, my MBA in like the real world, like getting my ass handed to me for a few years really before, because I, I started, mm-hmm. I had zero experience. Like I was probably the least qualified entrepreneur you ever met. met. Like when I first started, I had no sales experience. I had never worked. In I bet business. I rivaled that man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so like it resonates. When I started out, I was, um, I think like 19 or 20 years old. I want to say 20, uh, yep. 2011. So I'm 20 years old. And the only thing I know how to do is serve in the military. Cause that's what I was doing. I was mm-hmm. a young PFC, right? Um, hothead. So I was in trouble a lot. And my only other skill was IT, right? Mm-hmm. And it would seem like that's a great skill to have to go be an entrepreneur, except it's not very translatable. Like my skills are really great in an enterprise, but mm-hmm. with small businesses, it's really hard to uh, translate that into you know, an affordable price or an affordable deliverable. And that's what I I think I've recently gotten that on the control, but you know, it's not like 20 year old me, it's 30 year old me. And there's, like you said, this MBA's worth of uh, entrepreneurship and uh, experience in between. So I definitely relate to that, man. I'm, and I'm sure a lot of our guests will relate to. Yeah. You definitely said something that, that made me think when you said, uh, like getting your MBA in that real life experience. I think a lot of us start out with entrepreneurship. You know, you want to start a business, but like you said, you don't have the skill or you don't have that thing yet. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, my advice for those people is start with sales and marketing. Cause if you can p- find a product, everybody has a product, but not everybody knows how to sell it. Not everybody knows how to get it in front of people. Um, and those are pretty much like two of the vital skills. If you can't do those two things, uh, you probably won't have a business. Um, what did, what advice do you have for those people? Where do you recommend that they start? Yeah. So like you said, sales and marketing is a constant in every business. So regardless, whatever business you're going to start, like you can be, I was pretty introverted. Like you don't have to be like your traditional sales and marketing, like really extroverted, flashy, whatever, like, but you need to understand kind of the psychology and the principles and the fundamentals of marketing and sales. Cause other, otherwise like without sales, you have no business. Right. And so learn those skills. But then in terms of like, people always ask, what business do I start? You know, like, how do I get started? And there's no one answer. I mean, first thing you gotta do, look at your current skill set, see if that's something that kind of lends itself to a business, but Generally speaking, if you're starting, you don't have a lot of connections, you don't have capital, which is you know where I was, you're probably going to have to start in a service business. So providing service, doing these things that other people don't want to do. Yep. For me, that was social media and marketing stuff um, as a service, but it could be podcasting services. It could be mowing lawns. It could be like, you know, anything 
that you can do for people that like they're going to pay you to do, or that they don't have to do right. Because you can get into it quick and easy and build up uh, a clientele and all that good stuff. So yeah, that's definitely, um, I, I prefer service-based businesses to product-based businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not that there's anything wrong with it, right. You know, I've definitely explored both, but yeah, the, the added headache of having to work out your refund policy, what happens if the product is incorrect. So you got to deal with, uh, you know, any sort of degradation in your inventory, mm-hmm. uh, inventory management, if you're shipping all of that stuff out yourself. Um, and what, what no one who starts a e-commerce business, uh, where they sell a physical product that they're shipping out themselves actually prepares for is what if it actually does get popular, right? That mm-hmm. first time that you have 500 orders to ship out yourself, you're immediately going to understand why outsourcing is a great thing that you should do. Mm-hmm. Um, I currently working with two clients that have, uh, they have amazing businesses. Um, one sells um, these wellness, beauty, and fashion uh, accessories, and she's doing pretty well. The other does uh, baby, baby, oh, baby and toddler clothing, right? Um, so both of these e-commerce businesses, but again, because they do a lot of the work themselves, they've gotten really good at working with other people because everything is about collaborations when you're dealing with products um or or that's been my experience has that been your experience or have you yeah i think it depends on the kind of product right like if it's a product that is very like consumer friendly or something that like is like instagram friendly let's call it then yeah uh but there's so much products and manufacturing that is you know industrial or commercial or whatever and the rules of marketing and selling are totally different there. So right. it all comes back to like, when you talk about that product versus service business, it's really about the barrier to entry. Gotcha. So if you have a higher barrier to entry, like a product business, you got to, like you said, you got whatever R and D to create the product, you know, materials, uh, keeping track of your uh, inventory and all that stuff. Like it's a, you know, there's a lot of variables. There's more on the line, right? right but right. if you can get into that business, it scales. It's very scale friendly, typically. Yes. Whereas a service business, if it's just you, like, yeah, you can get into it. You can get out of it easy. You don't have to worry about any of that, but it's all like you're limited by how much work you can do individually. Um, I mean, if- wouldn't that depend, right? Like, because currently we have a service-based business. Yeah. And one of the things that we're going through is, and doing is documenting our entire process. Mm-hmm. Um, and we want to make sure that we're doing it well enough where there comes a point where, you know, we can hire another coach and we can teach them our system yep, or yep. another consultant, teach them our system and then run them through. So I think that the opportunity is there for service providers. But again, I think it's documentation and process uh, processes. Um, yeah. But then again, you know, I think a huge problem may be for a lot of entrepreneurs that, you know, I, I picked up those skills going through corporate and seeing how everything that you did, somebody asks you to write a run book for it, write a procedure for it uh, and do the processing or processes. So 
that's something that I brought over to my business. Um, but I would definitely recommend that if you do have a service-based business, that's something you look into. Make sure you yeah. have your documentation. Yeah. So I should say that there is the scale side of it, right? Product versus service-based. Mm-hmm. Like you can scale, there's massive service businesses out there. You can scale it. It's the barrier to entry dictates how much competition you're going to have, right? Mm -hmm. So like, think about like when Elon Musk went and started Tesla or SpaceX, like biggest, most valuable companies in the world, no one else is doing that. Like the barrier to entry is incredibly high, right? So there's very, there's no competition. Whereas like you see people go and they become realtors or network marketers, these areas where it's low barrier to entry and you can get into it. The competition is crazy high. Like they're everywhere. Right. Right. And so that's the pro and con, right? Like you get into a service-based business. I'm that's where I'm at right now. Still nothing Mm -hmm. wrong with it. It's great, but you're going to have a lot more competition to separate yourself from. And so you gotta be really, really good. Whereas let's say, I mean, there's, there's also service-based businesses that are higher barrier to entry and same like product, it goes both ways, but generally speaking, that product-based business is going to have that higher barrier to entry. So it's not as beginner friendly most of the time, right? Like there's products that like, I would love to start and do. And I do plan on starting an e-commerce part of my brand like early next year, but it's one of those things. Like I look at it, like, you know what? I got to do a service-based business, build that up, get experience, get the capital and connections to then later on go do a product business. Yeah. No, I, I definitely, um, I can see that plan working out and I, I can see where you're coming from with that. Um, I, I would say though, and this is my question for you with, with your mm-hmm. service-based business, uh, and I haven't done a lot of research into it. Are you seeing within, you know, the service of helping people start their podcast, which is what you're doing now, are you seeing a lot of competition in that niche as well? Are there a lot of, um, you know, podcast consulting uh, firms, that sort of thing. Is that what's, what's going on in the market right now? Yeah. I mean, as you know, podcasting <laughs> is like a really big thing all around right now. Everyone's starting podcasts. There's more and more services popping up for podcasting. And so that was something I really thought about is like, where can I, how do I differentiate here? Like mm. there's a lot of courses. The first thing I did was I came out with like a do-it-yourself course that you can get and do on, do on your own. There's a decent amount of those out there. Right. There's a lot of done for you services. So people who will produce and promote your pot, like you pay them monthly or whatever. I didn't want to get into that because that requires a lot of time and manpower that I just don't have right now. So I decided to kind of stay away from that. There's done for you launch services that like you pay X amount, they'll take care of everything and launch it. What there wasn't a lot of is actual programs that give you all the steps plus coaching. Got you. And so that's where I was like, this is where I can kind of fit in and make a difference. So the way I structured it is it's like a six week program, live coaching each week, you get access to me and it's still scalable because it's group coaching to a degree and it's a little bit higher ticket, but I'm also not doing all the work for them. So it's kind of like fits into kind of the middle of that spectrum of like, right. You're making sure that you, you hit the wave tops. Yeah. Very yep. dope, very dope. I like it, man. Um, mm-hmm. so then question for the podcasters who are listening, right? Yeah, myself. Um, with your clients, what number of downloads do you recommend that they 
actually go out and start monetizing and how do you recommend they start monetizing? Right. You might not like this answer, but I typically tell people not to worry about sponsorships or monetizing for a while. I do like that answer. Okay. Um, (laughs) Yeah. It's like podcasting is not something you start to make a bunch of money or get rich quick. Like it's, it's just not Um, at least through direct monetization, which is like sponsorships or ads or whatever. So because the amount of downloads that you need, like there's, there's podcasts out there that have massive followings, you know, hundreds of thousands, millions of listeners a week. Right. And that's, and then you're over here and you know, the average podcaster, like newer podcaster, you're probably getting dozens, maybe hundreds of downloads. Like a company's going to look at that and you're probably going to need to be well into like the thousands of downloads per month or per week or whatever. And it takes time to build that unless you already have like a big following to begin with. Like if you have a big, say Instagram or YouTube following or email, huge email list that you can like plug into the podcast right away. Yeah. Then you might be able to do that sooner. But if you're starting from scratch, which is most people, which is what I was, you're not going to be able to directly monetize for a while, but you can do indirect monetization, which is why most people get into podcasts, which is basically to build your credibility, show you know what you're talking about build trust. And then people will buy what, if it's your coaching or if you have a product or service or whatever. So I'll, I'll let you know exactly why I said, I do like the fact that you tell people don't worry about monetizing right away. Mm -hmm. Um, This podcast is the relationships side of my business, right? Um, This is where my business gets to be human. We actually get to tap in with entrepreneurs and look at everyone's stories like case studies like what are we really offering here and that's much more valuable to me than if this podcast was being monetized and i had to take 60 seconds out right because Mm -hmm. what this conversation does is it makes sure that my business is actually homed in and giving value back to my niche market um that's really where i'm at with it the, the podcasting experience allows you to have conversations with amazing people, right? Like I, I've seen the community, the, the community of podcasters that are just out there, they're open, they're willing to work with you. Uh, this is, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, but within my entrepreneur journey, this is the easiest that it's been to get people to work with me, mm-hmm. right? Um no, I've set up proposals. I've set up entire business meetings, gone through profit and earning loss statements and all sorts of shit. But when you tell someone that you have a podcast and you go, hey, do you want to come be a guest? It's a straightforward yes or no, right? Yep. Then mm-hmm. once you get the yes, it's a straightforward scheduling and you get the opportunity to share stories, right? So yep. that's why I like the fact that you said, don't worry about it. I think a lot of us um, entrepreneurs get caught up chasing the bag and we're forgetting that, hey, we the money is a tool to earn the freedom, mm-hmm. right? And if you weren't reminding yourself why you wanted that freedom in the first place, what the fuck are you doing? Right. So I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Love it. And if you podcast like, the money's going to come on the back end if you do a good job, if you provide value. Like it's, you maybe you don't get the, like $100 an episode or whatever in your pocket, 
but right. like, you're going to make, like, I've made so much more having the credibility of my podcast. Like, so when people are like, Oh, how do I launch? They go look at mine and they listen and it builds credit. Like that's, that's what it takes. Like, especially if you're in any sort of higher ticket sales or whether it's coaching or, you know, services or whatever, people want to know, like, and trust you, right? Like we all know that. And so how are they going to do that? Like, they don't want to have a sales conversation with you probably. Like a lot of people don't like, they'd much rather be like, can I see what this person's all about without them like directly talking business with me right away? Right. You know? So it, it gives people an opportunity to do that and to get to know you, which is huge. I definitely agree with that. And mm -hmm. I think, especially if you're a consultant or coach, if that's something that you're doing as well, it's you, you may end up closing $3,000, $20,000 clients off of the fact that they listen to your podcast and they like yep. your energy. They like the type of person you are. They like how you uh, carry yourself on the podcast. Those things actually matter to people, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they matter to me. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. It, it definitely matter to me. Before I work with someone, I, I if you have a public presence, I, I'm trying to figure out if you care about money or do you care about people, mm. right? Um, and no, it's sad to say, but a lot of entrepreneurs care more about making money quickly or making money off of this thing. Um, and when that comes to, when it applies to something like NFTs or crypto or investing, go ahead, make money, right? Like you're not affecting anybody, but when it comes to dealing with other people's businesses, um, I think people got to have a little bit more empathy and understand that there's high stakes for those business owners that you're working with. Mm -hmm. um, and you don't want to be just another person that's focused on chasing money so much that you forget the person behind the business. Right. Yep. I think they get enough of that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of people who are really good at getting people to sign the contracts and pay them and then disappearing. Right. So right. yeah, it's one of those things like, do you want to make a quick buck in the short term? ruin your reputation and not have any sort of foundation or do you want to win the long game? Right. You know, and I, yeah, go ahead. No, you said something really important, um, reputation. And this is something me and my partner have been talking about. You, you can't build legacies off of these quick hit it and get out licks, right? Mm -hmm. Legacies are built out of systems. They're built out of processes that are repeatable and that are sustainable. So I 100% agree with you. That rapport turns into, you know, your brand. Your brand then becomes something like a badge of honor that other people can wear and go out and represent your business. And if you look at it that way, then you're well on your way to building a legacy, building an empire, um, you know, not building something that people are going to forget tomorrow. Exactly. Like if you look at the people who are doing, always chasing that quick buck, and you go out five to 10 years and you're building something that, you know, doesn't make a quick buck, but eventually really grows and scales five to 10 years, you're light years ahead of them. They're still working on these little things here and there, always chasing something new, always constantly having to start over. And now you've got this big foundation that took more patience took you know, a lot more work in the beginning. But, you know, if you do it right down the road, like you're, you're sitting pretty and they're scrambling. So. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Mm -hmm. However, that does not apply to you people listening out there and going, I'm going to do it all myself. That is not <laughs> what the fuck we're talking about. Right. 
Yep. Um, and I, I have to bring that one up because mm-hmm. I know I'm guilty of it. I'm pretty sure you're guilty of it, right? Like it's the default mode when we go, I'm going to start a business and you can think of the sense of accomplishment that comes along with it. And all of a sudden you're navel gazing and working in your business. And you probably have like the most beautiful website that you don't drive traffic to, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Um, Or let's say you're, you're not a great website builder. Then you have a very beautiful Instagram with a lot of followers and they don't buy anything, right? It's a lot of little traps that you can fall into. Um, So yeah, don't, 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 don't think you can do it all yourself either. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things that's, that's a really hard thing is to give up control and to start like, when do you hire out and that sort of thing. But then also when it is just you, you got to be ultra efficient. Like, yes, it's really easy, especially in the beginning to be spending like way too much time on non-income producing activities, right? Like, Oh, does my website look super pretty cool? Like no one's visiting it. Yeah. Like you said, or, Oh, I got these sweet business cards, but am I making sales? Like, you, you know, like, right. And you I never think everyone, went outside to give out the business cards because you were in the house building the website. Right. Or like, you know, you have all this stuff that's pretty on the front end, but you don't have your systems or anything figured out on the back end, you know? Right. And yeah. So it's, it's learning. And that's just something that comes from experience. You know, if you can get a mentor, that's great. If you can, but yeah, it's one of those things like you're, you're never going to be a hundred percent efficient in the business. No one is like right. you're going to do things that were like a total waste of time that you put a lot of energy and effort into, and then have to scrap or it didn't work and that sort of thing. And starting out your mindset's probably not in the place where you can move on as quickly, like over time, man, that like how much faster I bounce back and move forward from setbacks compared to like three years ago, totally different. Like if a client dropped me three years ago, <laughs> I, I know you right. get, it hurts your it, feelings as opposed yeah, to you take it personally. You you like pause everything for like months and like, you're like now question, I, question your life. And now it's like, all right, it's just another Tuesday. Like, let's get it. You listen, know? Now yeah. I have clients that may not reach out to me. I used to feel bad about people like ghosting me mm-hmm. and now they don't reach out to me. And I'll go, Hey, I'm going to assume that, you know, you're busy. Life happens to everybody. No problem. Looking forward to working with you in the future. Right. Yep. It's not a, like, it's not something that you need to worry about. Right. Like that one person you were getting fixated on is one of 7 billion people. Go find one of the other 699, whatever number, 6,999,000,000. Go find one of them. Right. Yep. And replace the person right it's not it's not rocket science at that point and yeah i guess it can hurt for people if they feel like they have a relationship with the person Mm -hmm. um and that this is again why i think the number one not not number one thing but i think it's pretty important that people pay attention to their target market who are you actually going for and if you're targeting people in your friends and family is this actually valuable to them, right? Yep. <clears throat> I think I said it before on the podcast, but stop showing up in people's inboxes and talking about business opportunities that have nothing to do with their lives. Like they don't care. They, right. it, 
I, I don't know if uh, you've experienced this. Are you, you married or girlfriend? Engaged. Yeah. Engaged. Okay. So you ever came in the house and she's watching like reality TV or something <laughs> that you could give a shit less about? Yep. And then she wants to talk about it and you're sitting there, you're, you're probably being polite, right? That's what they're, your, your family's <laughs> doing. Your family's being polite. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> People, they want to support you, but like, unless it's something that's really relevant to them or is going to improve their lives in some way, like it's probably like, they're going to have a really hard time getting really behind it. And that's one of the hardest, hardest things to deal with starting out is you expect everyone like, cause your whole life, you know, you're going through school, you're a kid, everyone always, always like supportive, congratulating you, your sports, you know, people are excited about you go through school. People are like, congrats. That's awesome. You get a job. People are like, that's awesome. Right. Oh, I started this job or I started this business and then it's like crickets <laughs> and you're like, what's going on? Like, everyone's been behind me my whole life. And now all of a sudden no one cares. Like, am I doing something wrong? Like, why does everyone hate me? Like, these are the things that like run through your head. And I uh, know what it is. My yeah. family actually broke it down for me. They went, no, it just seems like you always got everything under control. So we don't worry about you. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah. Like, yeah. You should worry. You should worry a lot. Like I'm taking a lot of risk over here. Yeah. But, um, that that's a lot of what it is right like people take mental strength and they think that that means that you're good to go so mm -hmm. if you're not emotionally good you need to say that you need to roger up and be real with your people but um outside of that just kind of understand that 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 that's the nature of the beast right you're starting your own business you're going out into this undiscovered realm you're a leader and people are looking at you as a leader so how, how many leaders do you look back on in history and go, man, that guy must have really had it rough and I feel sorry for him and real passionate and compassion towards. No, you that's your the idea of strength kind of precludes you from compassion immediately. Mm -hmm. Right. You have to share those level of stories. And if you aren't, I guess, on Instagram crying about it, people don't know. Right. Yeah. People have no idea. People have no idea kind of where I've been the last few years, emotionally, financially, especially other than maybe one or two people, like even my parents, you know, like don't really know kind of this, where things have been. Uh, and they're just not gonna. And so that's a, you know, you, you do have to kind of have, it does help to like connect with other entrepreneurs like we are because they get it. And it's really important to like, yeah. I didn't have that for the first few years. I didn't have that community. Now I'm like super connected to a lot of different masterminds and groups and stuff like that. And so I don't feel alone like I did, you Man. know, and I like, oh, it's not just me. You know, I, and, I totally relate to that too. And yeah. you, you want to know why I was not as involved in the the entrepreneur community as early as I should have been. And it it's really just because I built it up in my head, right? Like mm. I built up that these conversations and that these talks I was going to be having with people who were much more successful than me and that they were going to judge me and nobody gives a fuck, right? Like yeah. as soon as you just get out of your head, you realize nobody gives a shit. They're going to answer the questions. If you're real with whatever level you're on, like you don't have to be ashamed of making a thousand dollars. Like 
every entrepreneur knows how hard it is to make a thousand dollars. Like the first thousand. Yep. Yeah. Like no one is going to trip because they're making a million now and you've only made a thousand. We don't give a shit. We're yeah. all like, look, I want to see you be successful. And, and they're like, I, I was there. Like, I get it. Like, yeah. 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 And it's always it. I, I always find that entrepreneurs are probably the most helpful when it comes to just like giving out information. Right. I'm not saying that there's not a need for coach, but if you're just getting started and you know, an entrepreneur, if you can actually get a hold of them and you can get them to sit down, that that's usually the balance. If you can get them to sit down, they'll be really helpful. Mm-hmm. Right. They're not that helpful because you can't get them to sit down. Right. right? They're really busy. But um, I, I've just kind of fell in love with the community because the people are genuine and, you know, just as bad as they want success for themselves. It seems like that's what they want for you. And I, I guess for me, that's the first time really seeing that in life. You move through a lot of communities, um, you know, jealousy and different things come up. But you know, I'm in an entrepreneur group and I shared my program that I'm launching January 3rd. And one of the guys goes straight up, straight to the point. Why would somebody buy from you versus buying from someone else? And I don't feel bad about that. I feel like, thank you for making sure that I answered that question before I got to a consumer and they looked at me crazy, right? right? Trying to figure out what makes you different than, you know, Tony Robbins or whoever the fuck else. Why? They're yeah. going to ask that question. So yeah, use the communities, use it. And that's one of the, that's one of those questions that like, if someone said it to me when I was just starting out, I would have been like, Oh man, like I would have gotten down on myself. You know right. what I mean? But now it's like, you know, that's a good question. I should make sure that that's really clear how I differentiate and that sort of thing. And right. uh, real quick book recommendation to any of you guys out there listening, hundred million dollar offers by Alex Hormozzi. If you haven't so- read this book, Oh man, get it. Cause it will, every, every business sells something mm-hmm. and every sale has an offer to it, what you're getting. And so it's such a foundational, like this book changed the game for me in terms of creating my program. Like I said, creating something different, you know, that group coaching and that sort of thing. Highly, highly recommend that book. Um, you're then, the second person in seven days that brought up Alex or Morsey, right? It's a smart dude. Yeah, I, I I just got on him in the past seven days, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and my first impression was, this guy is like the chattest, <laughs> the 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 broiest entrepreneur coach yeah. that I've ever seen. Yeah. But it works, right? Like, yep. that His track that's record is nuts. Yeah, yeah, like that's really what people want to see. They don't want to see you suited and booted. And hi, I think it's time for our meeting. No, no one cares. Yeah. Right. If we wanted that, we'd be in corporate. Right. Yep. And they're not doing that in corporate anymore, by the way. Like it's it's moving away from it. Yeah. Uh, like there's there's this trend for sure. But yeah, Alex Ramosi is a great, great dude to figure like because there's a lot of authors out there, there's a lot of influencers, and it's like, okay, who do I listen to? There's so much information. Right. I would say him, Andy Frisella. I'm in his group, the RTA Syndicate. Nice. He, his podcast, he gives us tons of free value. That's like totally real, unfiltered, aggressive style. But that's one that really got me through a lot in the last few years. So highly recommend him. And then nice. my th- third one I'd say is MJ DeMarco. His books were a big Maybe. launch point for me. Yeah. Dope, dope. So definitely if you guys are listening and um, since you threw yours up, there's one that I'll throw in um, really good for uh, marketing. 
His name is Marty Woodard, right? Hmm. Um, so he's just straight to the point. Like, I love his Instagram page. It's literally black and white uh, text on white, black background or black text, white background, bold words, slides, right? Um, it's really simple, extremely functional. But on those six or seven slides, he's jam packing it with actual valuable information, right? I've never seen anybody just give away conversion tips that way. Right. So mm. definitely follow that guy. I'll have to check him out. I haven't heard of him. Yeah. I'll definitely send that to you, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're at that point in the podcast where I mm. ask more personal stories, right? Like we want to really connect with you. So what's the wildest story that you could tell us, man? Wildest thing you've done. Wildest. Man, that's a, that's a tough question. Like entrepreneurship, personal, anything really, or anything, man. Damn. Uh, stumping me here. I'm trying to think. I don't know if I have like a, I don't have a go-to story. Maybe I should. Yeah, you should. Um, I should. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. I know you got one. Everybody's got one. Everyone got one, yeah. Um, I, want to, I want to be a good one. Do you I... have any others that I can go circle back? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll start off. I always trade a story for yeah. a story anyway, so I'll okay. start it off. Um, cool. Let's see. Let's see. What's a really good one. All right. So, um, this is like 2009 ish, right? I just joined the military. We finished boot camp. I went home from 10 days. I came back and I'm in what we call MCT training, right? So, um, we're on this firing line and we're doing movement to contact. So we're practicing moving and shooting. Right. Mm -hmm. And as you could imagine, that's something that you probably want to follow instructions for <laughs> because you yeah. have a real rifle in your hand. Right. And there's rules, right? Like there's constantly people going around looking at your rifle to make sure that it's on safety, making sure your finger isn't on the trigger. Right. And making sure you're not pointing the weapon at anyone. Anybody who's been to a range, knows any sort of uh, weapon safety, don't point a weapon at anyone you don't intend to shoot and keep your finger off the trigger, right? Like yep. two things that everyone tells you. So here we are on the line and we just did a, we finished shooting. We hear ceasefire, ceasefire. And that means no shooting, right? Yep. Weapons on safe and make sure you're pointing the weapon at the dirt, right? Because it's slung, it's across our shoulder. And all of a sudden, loud as hell, I'm pretty sure it was close to me, right? I have no idea how close it is to me, but I hear, pop! And my hand immediately goes to my head, like, oh, my God. Oh, my God, right? I'm freaking out. I'm like, tell me I didn't get shot. Did somebody shoot me, right? <laughs> Did I shoot myself, right? Immediately... All of my questions answered, I hear, ah, ah, it's the guy right fucking next to me, right? Holding his foot. The instructor runs up, takes his rifle off, puts it on safe, and he's rolling around on the floor, right? <laughs> they back us all up and they get him, you know, 
everybody's like, what's going on? Shot himself in the foot. (laughs) Shot himself in the foot. So as he actually gets wheeled off now, they done, they're going to go take him to medical. He he's, he's out of the game. Right. Doesn't take too long. Somebody goes, fucking idiot. How you shoot yourself in the gut? But yeah, that's my story. I'm sure the military provides plenty of stories. Oh yeah. I got tons of them. Yeah. Well, I have one. It's not that, not that crazy, but, uh, could be a good lesson as well for people is, uh, so MJ Marco, who I just mentioned, his first book, the millionaire fast lane was the first one that I read probably four years ago or so that like really like entrepreneurship, like real entrepreneurship, like really clicked for me. And it's just like, I recommend his books to anyone and everyone who's new in the game. And I knew he lived in Arizona and at the time I was living in Connecticut, but we were moving out to Arizona for my fiance's travel nursing. And I was like, you know what? He's going to be out. He's out in the Phoenix area. I'm going there. I just finished reading his second book unscripted, which is my favorite. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe like he's, he has this online forum that has like 60, 70,000 members, very active. And people are always asking him, Oh, do you do mentorship? Like, can you mentor me? Like all this stuff. And he's like, I do not do individual mentorship. Uh, any questions you have, ask him on the forum. I'll answer him publicly there. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to shoot my shot anyways. So I, I soon after we got out to Phoenix, I wrote him this long email. Um, I was like, I'll, I don't, I'll, I'll do whatever. I was like, I'll show up karate kid style. Like I'll take out your trash. I'll like, you know, <laughs> sweep your floors, like whatever you want. If you mentor me, I didn't hear anything back. Uh, like four days goes by mm-hmm. and then I get a response he's like, of all the thousands of emails that I've gotten, yours was the best. He's like, tell me more. And so I tell him a little bit more about my situation, my background, what I'm trying to do, how at the time I was working with social media. And he's like, you know what? He's like, and I, I just wanted like to be able to kind of ask him questions and stuff. And I was like, uh, or he, he goes, I need someone to post on my Instagram and stuff and grow that because I hate it. And I like your story, name a price, like how much you want per month to do it. Like I wasn't even going in looking like to get paid or anything or whatever, but ended up doing that for a year and a half, had contact with him, went out to dinner with him and this guy's worth, you know, eight figures and ended up kind of getting like a mentorship out of it, which was, you know, it wasn't like a tight, like we didn't talk all the time type thing, but it was like. No, he, it's still like a cool story and it was a cool experience. And, uh, yeah. So it's one of those things like you never know until you ask, but also a lot of people, Oh, can you mentor me? Can you mentor me? It's like, what the hell do they get out of that? You know? So you have to, you have to provide value first. Like I was like, I'll do this. I'll do whatever (laughs) for you. And he's like, you know what? Let me think about it. Okay. You can do my social. I I literally just told my mentor the same thing um you know i've been with him for some years and he was telling me something that you know a couple of um people were doing around him in reference to you know his mentorship and i said 
you know, you, you've mentored a ton of people. Has anybody ever come back and, you know, offered you any value or said, hey, this is how I can make money with you or this is an opportunity that I have going on. I think you're, you know, this could really work out, you know, X, Y, Z. And I'm not saying provide that, you know, sort of service to your mentors. I'm not saying to be that way at all. What I'm saying is just the thought of how can I add value to my mentors um, it is one that I know isn't there, right? Mm-hmm. And the reason I say it that way is like people will come up to this guy all the time and tell him, you know, different business ideas they have and all of that stuff, but it's never well mapped out, right? right? And they never say, hey, this is the rate of return I can get you. Exactly. Right? Yep. So. I definitely appreciate that lesson. I'm glad that you echoed it. Um, is there anything that you'd like to leave our listeners with, man? Anything that any last bit of advice you'd like to give them? That like when it comes to entrepreneurship, like it's a long game. It, it's like, you probably hear this all the time, but it comes back to your mindset. Like you have to make yourself basically a bulletproof, like to where nothing can phase you. There's a reason that the vast majority of people drop out, never do anything. They can't handle the uncertainty. They can't handle the risk. They can't handle the rejection. And so you need to get like so solid with yourself that that stuff bounces off you. And like, like we gave a couple examples. I've kind of, I'm by no means bulletproof, right? I'm still human and all that. But compared to where I was a few years ago when I started, man, it's like night and day and so that starts with personal development, getting to know your stuff, yourself, understanding your emotions, all that. Like, don't think that you can just go into business without doing that piece of the puzzle, like without doing that stuff. Cause it's not going to work. Like you're just not going to be the person who can take on what it requires without doing that work. That so, is amazing advice that like, like I, if I could just co-sign, that is amazing advice. Literally look, I, I took out we started our business on business coaching. All of our clients needed the mental health portion first. So I jumped over to hypnotherapy. Mm-hmm. Now we're back to business coaching. That's how great that advice is. It mirrors the journey of what you actually have to do when you start a business. So I'm really glad that you shared that for everybody listening. Go be great. 